Welcome to the Jesus Culture Podcast. Great to have you with us wherever you are. And I'm imagining you're somewhere all over the world listening to the podcast. I decided we've got a co-host with us that, have you been on, you've been on the podcast before. I have. Yeah, times. yeah, a couple of times. But we've got a podcast today who is in the same line of Becky who doesn't watch sports really at all. No, so sorry. you're not going to get this reference, but I've decided that I think I want to start welcoming the Jesus Culture Podcast as the Jesus Culture Podcast Nation. Okay, uh, well, sounds cool. You'd have to watch sports, and there's the Raider Nation, and there's all these different people nations. So I just am imagining that there's a Jesus Culture Podcast nation out there that's uh, ready to go and and and, wa- and just waiting anxiously for the next podcast. Nice. Whether that's you or not, it's great to have you join us. Good we are excited you. today because we're going to be talking more on leadership. We're actually going to be diving into the topic of identity and mission and have maybe the person that I trust the most to talk about identity and mission with us today, Kate Bagley, who is the head and the director of the Jesus Culture School of Leadership. So Kate, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here. Before we jump into that, I want to again remind you that we, uh, the Jesus Culture Podcast Network has recently partnered with uh, World Vision, and uh, we believe deeply in what World Vision is doing. So they've come alongside or helping make not just this podcast, but all the podcasts, Authentic You, Man Camp, Sermon of the Week, the Jesus Culture Podcast, the Pastors Podcast. They've partnered with us, and we just really want to encourage you. You're going to hear more in the middle of the show, a quick spot about who World Vision is, a program called the, uh, called Chosen, and uh, this is something we believe in that my wife and I participate in and are involved in and very, very much have a passion to see believers sponsor kids, because I think that we need to be on the front lines of uh, taking care of the poor of the earth. And one of the most practical ways you can do that is partner with an organization like World Vision, who is on the front lines taking care of kids when it comes to uh, just medical care, when it comes to education, just living, and all the stuff that they're doing. So check out World Vision. We'll give you more information. If you want right now, you can text podcast to 56170, and they'll get more information. <laughs> so it's great to have Kate Bagley. Kate, we're going to talk to you a little bit. You actually are the uh, director of the Jesus Culture School of Leadership, yep. uh, which has been going for a couple of years now, where you're just raising up and developing leaders. We'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, you've been on staff with us for how long now? Five years. Has it been five years? In a variety of capacities. One of the things you have to do, if you come on staff with us at Jesus Culture, don't get too comfortable in whatever role you're in, because I'm going to point you somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, Becky's probably winning, though. 10, 11 different roles, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zach Zach was winning, and then he got sent down to plant a church, so he's now at the top. But yeah, I don't know what it is. Somehow, leadership-wise for me, I'm just looking at... I'm looking at what we need, totally. and then I'm looking at who the people are in our environment that can go meet that I need, and whatever brilliant. you're doing right now, we move you. So Healthy things change and grow. Yeah, Good to Great is the book. Is it Good to Great that talks about just get people on the bus? The right Don't, people just the get right the right. So we just bus. get the right people on the bus, and then we figure out where they sit. So you've sat in a few different seats, but now you're in, you're in your sweet spot in yeah, the school. It's been so fulfilling. You're not just uh, the director of that, but um, you're also a mom. Right now, Becky's out on maternity leave. You're out on maternity leave not too long ago. Almost couple, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just not too long ago in my head. Sure. Uh, now that I get older, uh, I start saying those type of things. But uh, you, um, uh, and you're in toddler stage now. Oh, yeah. Which, are you enjoying toddler stage more than newborn stage? Good question. I, you know what? 
In some ways, yeah. I I think I've cherished every stage and there's aspects of it that I'm like, I'm gonna totally miss that. But then when you experience the current stage, you're like, oh my gosh, this comes with a whole new set of beautiful things. Okay, so what do you not miss about the newborn stage? I don't miss the you know nightly disruptions. It's sure. great to have a full sure. night of sleep. That is sure. fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then I actually remember I sat in on a lecture of a guy that was talking about violence in America years ago, and he was talking about that one of the main so, one of the one of the main common threads between some of these really violent things that have happened is people don't get any lack like of lack sleep. of sleep. And then he was talking about you call me violent. Well, just, and then I'm talking about and then he was talking about how torture. Literally, he was describing that torture, there are forms of torture where they don't let you get to deep sleep. Uh-huh. So they let you go to sleep, but don't let, and they just keep waking you up before you get to deep sleep. And he was describing it, and we had a newborn in the home. You're like, this is what like, is happening. I think you're literally describing what it is like to have a newborn. That's funny. Uh, okay, so now you're in toddler stage. Yes. So what do you love about toddler stage, and what are you not going to miss about toddler yeah. stage? Okay, well, here's, the, here's one of the milestones of the toddler stage that's brilliant and also challenging. So potty training, which we have now finally come like other side of the mountain with but so we're not we're not going to miss the diapers that go away sure and all that um but the you know i have a woman who knows what she wants and wants to do it herself and you know when it comes to potty training you need a little bit of help can't tell her what to do (laughs) so yeah we've gotten to reevaluate our approach and our systems and okay you get to push the timer that goes off and you get to choose the sound that it makes and you get to yes. do as much as you possibly can yourself to do this. We're going to be talking about <laughs> in in an episode coming up about the Enneagram and we're going to be talking about the different tools that we use, DISC and strength and love languages. But are you already trying to like look at your yes. daughter and figure out what oh, totally. it is? Because we didn't have this when we were no, raising totally. kids. There was no like Enneagram yeah. or Disc or Strength Finders. Like uh, we we weren't doing that. Yep. Are you as a mom now looking at your kid going, I think you're a absolutely. I am already like, I think you're probably quality time. <laughs> like maybe touch, love language. Yeah. Totally. Enneagram, if you already have you already tried to put a number yeah. on her? Not the Enneagram quite yet. <laughs> Because, you know, any, they do say Enneagram is somewhat a, a response to some of your childhood sure. development. So I think so you're trying to make sure she's not <laughs> yeah, screwed up? Exactly. <laughs> well, you're trying to make sure her Enneagram number is pure when she gets older and you haven't screwed her up yeah, too much. totally. Yeah. I look back. I don't, like, I loved little kids. I loved, I loved our babies. I loved all that type of stuff. There's a few things I don't miss. One of them is having a meal without interruptions. Yeah. So when you have when you have a kid your it's age, true. it's just you can't actually sit down and have a meal. We would have her sit like lay on the table. So this baby, we would put this little cushion that she would yeah. just sit and she'd fall asleep, and we just kind of have her yeah. on the table Not while anymore. we had dinner. Nope. Not anymore. That's gone, and that will yeah. be gone for a while. Yeah. We used to have friends over, and like the little kids would be playing somewhere, and we'd start eating dinner without the kids, and uh-huh. they said. Should we tell the kids we're having dinner? We're like, no, no, we're having a meal right now. They'll eat later. Like, let them figure it out. So that's uh-huh. the stage you're in. But before we jump into our podcast today, I want to remind you again that the Jesus Culture Podcast Network is now in partnership with World Vision. Uh, World Vision is an organization that we believe deeply in and what they're doing. And uh, we've shared this on the podcast and we'll continue to, but we believe that every Christian should be involved in partnering with organizations that are on the front line of taking care of the poor of the earth, taking care of orphans and taking care of widows and taking care of those 
that are in poverty around the world and under-resourced, and World Vision is one of those, and we're really, really grateful to be able to partner with them. Uh, they're on the front lines in areas of healthcare, in areas of education, in areas of just really improving um, the future of so many of these, not just communities, but children as well. So we'd really, really love for you to check out what they're doing. You're going to hear a spot in the middle. You can text podcast to 56170, get more information on a program called Chosen. And uh, we're doing this with World Vision across the podcast network. Authentic You, Man Camp, Summer of the Week, Jesus Culture Podcast, Pastors Podcast, all of them have partnered. Kate, we're going to actually be talking about leadership today. In just a moment, I want us to hear from World Vision. But before we go to World Vision and get into our topic, this one I want to ask just people get to know you a little bit. When did you become passionate about leadership in your own life? When did you feel a call to develop leaders? Yeah. Honestly, leadership started showing up in my life probably in high school is when I became aware, man, this is, there's something to this. And as far as the journey of becoming passionate about developing other leaders. Why do you think there was something to it? There, I'm always intrigued by people's discovery of when sure. they really recognized, hey, I think I'm called to lead yeah. and really embraced it. Yeah. I, I mean, it showed up in sports. It sh- so banning, even though I don't watch sports now, I have played sports this in is, my life. This is disappointing. <laughs> So there is a difference between you and Becky. Becky's never played sports. Oh, there we go. Okay. Becky was like the math camp drama club kid. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. All right, well. So that showed up in sports, team captains. Sure. Uh, it showed up in music, the, the first chair, the... So leading well, people... Wait a second. Do you play an instrument too? Multiple. What Not... You, it's been years, man. What do you play? Okay, so the oboe, which you may have never even heard of it. Okay. It's not really a worship team instrument, no, but okay. No, it's not. It's not. And then the fact that you saxophone. play oboe just really puts some. That's that's yeah. a fascinating. Okay, thing. let me tell you the story. Did you with first it, chair let me tell oboe? You the story. I did. <laughs> let me tell you the story. Okay, so in junior high, the music instructor demonstrates all the instruments because it was required. You had to choose an instrument, and she was terrible at the oboe. What I'm is like, the oboe? Well, it looks it? like a clarinet, but it has a double reed. It's it's challenging. Double reed okay, instruments. I'm tend just to be kind telling of you right now. You need to put that on every. You need to just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kate Bagley, first chair oboe. Okay, <laughs> that is maybe just, I'll that's think about that. next level. All yeah. right, so first chair leadership. Yeah. So it starts showing up in high school, and to be honest, my my friends and and kind of community around me, they would call me Mama Kate, <laughs> which I hated at that stage. Yeah, totally like totally hated. Old soul. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's like I, I grew up in a fair amount of responsibility and would take care of people around me and was, you know, thinking about what needed to happen and hey guys, this is where we're going. This is what we're gonna do. And so that was just kind of naturally the way that I was operating from a young age. And so that was in me. And then I I ended up kind of becoming what you could say is the representative of a lot of different communities. So I went to Bethel School of Ministry ended up becoming the Emerald Johnson Award winner. Like, oh, you are now. Are you an Emerald Johnson Award winner? Are you really? I am. I didn't know I hired an Emerald Johnson (laughs) Award winner. For those that are listening or watching right now that don't know that, there's like it's like student of the year for uh, the school up in Reading. So that's amazing. There we go. That's yeah, yeah. I would I would become uh, kind of the representative and the the picture of what the different communities or organizations that I was a part of wanted to create and reproduce. When did the passion to develop leaders come? Yeah, that I would say that that really kicked into gear um, in my college years. And, and then as I got to be a part of Bethel school of ministry, that desire to reproduce and multiply healthy 
people connected with identity and mission. Like when those two things are established and settled in people's lives, it's amazing what falls into place and what comes out of their lives and the impact yeah. and the transformation that happens. This is going to be bad because I hired you and you run our school of leadership, which is a really big part of our world. And yet I'm not even sure I know what you have a degree in. Human development with a minor in psychology. People. You have a degree in human development. Yes. And a minor in psychology. Yeah. Okay. So human development right. was kind of that interdisciplinary option where I wasn't pigeonholed into one thing. I did some yeah. psychology, sociology, you know, neurobiology. This, this will give you insight into our organization, how we hire. But did I even ask you what you had a degree in when, when I interviewed you? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think you did. But I think I did give you a resume. I'm not actually even sure that we did the resume. I have a value for it, guys. Discs, I really do. I have, a strengths, va- I have a value for it. Profile. And I knew you and I could see <laughs> the fruit of what you were doing. So that was more important to me. But I, but I, listen, first chair oboe didn't come up and human development with a minor in psychology didn't come up. That's bad. I need to remember to ask, were you ever first chair? Every interview from here on out, I'm going to ask you ever first chair in band. There Mm -hmm. we go. That's how it works. Well, I'm excited to jump into this topic today in just a moment about identity and mission. But first, we do want to let you know more about what's going on with World Vision, how you can get involved. In the world's most fragile places, devastating aftershocks of the COVID-19 crisis are pushing families deeper into poverty, putting kids at greater risk of hunger, malnutrition, violence, and neglect. Child sponsorship is you making a decision to provide $39 a month for a child in their community in extreme poverty to provide the most basic necessities of life. But most importantly, you provide hope. It is one of the most effective ways to help the world's most vulnerable children in their communities address the impacts of this pandemic and lift themselves out of poverty for good, especially now. The reality is thousands of children are waiting to be sponsored. But what you don't know is everything is about to change. For the first time, World Vision is inviting you to empower a child through sponsorship. Yet instead of you choosing them, they choose you. Something no organization has ever done before. It doesn't matter who you are or where in the world you live. Every single one of us wants to be seen, to be loved, to be chosen. Put the power to choose in a child's hands and give someone a chance to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Text PODCAST to 56170 and sponsor a child now. Okay, before we get into this thing, I would actually like to just talk briefly about the School of Leadership. Uh, We have a school of leadership here at Jesus Culture. It's been a passion really from the beginning, even when working with just youth and young adults to raise up leaders. I believe deeply that leadership and revival are connected. We started a school a few years ago. Uh, It's actually going to be, we we went fully online last year because of COVID. This year, it's going to be a hybrid version of you can actually be in person or online. Can you give a quick overview of what the school is about and what we're going after? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your heart as an organization and a movement, Jesus culture has been birthed out of revival. And that at the heart of it is we're going after that. We want to raise up leaders and send them into the earth to help release revival. 
Um, but specifically what we go after in the school, we've formed it into three trimesters where we're raising up spiritually mature, relationally healthy, effective leaders. And those are kind of the three core pillars that as we were talking, like, uh, what what do we want to see? What do we want to develop in these people? Those were the three things that we really landed on saying they've got to have these three things. And those three things are really connected to, we wanted to see people with real depth, kingdom motivated, Mm -hmm. in love with Jesus, knew their identity. The relational healthy piece is really around, uh, I mean, the ability to understand people, to understand yourself, to connect people, uh, to conflict, it, it's it's mm-hmm. it's lacking. It's a massive part of so leadership, lacking. and yet lacking. So just a relational health, and the effective piece is actually what we're talking about: the skill set at some level, right? How to get vision, how to execute vision, how to build teams, how to solve problems, how, how to build structure, all that type of stuff that comes with the actual skill set, you right. know, of of leadership. How um, uh, this is online and in person. Right. Both in, and we're just about to launch a satellite campus yes. in San Diego. Yeah. So we've got on campus, on the main campus, which is in Sacramento, which you can be in person for. Yep. And then we've got a satellite campus in San Diego because we've got JCSD yep. launching. So we'll create the opportunity for people to meet in person. They're, they'll still stream the main yeah. sessions. But they'll be, be in a cohort almost. Right. Yeah. So they'll get to be with other students experiencing the school. And then there are people, though, that can join. If you're not able to move here, you can jump online. We had people this right. year from all over the it world. so fun. All over the world. People that are still working jobs, right. people that are pastoring churches, working jobs, but are able to pull away for some of the week and jump online. And we really did redesign the school with that in mind. People who are working full-time have families. Okay, Let's figure out a structure and a, and a time frame that would work to serve the nations yeah. and to serve people. And this year, we're actually adding a young adult track involved with this. We just realized a real passion in the midst of raising up leaders that we also want to come alongside and raise up young adult leaders, but also develop a deeper level of discipleship yeah. with young adults. So you can check that out as well. Then get on a website somewhere. There's a website I know, yes. and we're going to be launching this. I'm not quite sure when this podcast comes out, but the school will actually officially kind of announce and launch for the next for this year. But yeah, the next, May 16th is kind of our okay. launch date where we're going to open applications and we'll yeah. probably, we'll probably put a couple things out before sure. then. That's great. But yeah. You Very can fun. go to jesusculture.school.com. All right. We'd love, we'd love for you to check it out and really fruitful. I, I, in 20-some-odd years of ministry, these last two years, I'm more convinced than ever before that we've got to gather people and develop and equip them yeah. in leadership and in discipleship as well. And Absolutely. just so really, the fruit, that's it's been incredible. We actually just had a few stories posted on our, we have a Facebook group page from some of our grads this year. They are getting promotions. They yeah. are getting raises. Yeah. They're, in their own words, just communicating. I'm walking out with a whole new level of confidence, and they're seeing results from that. Yeah. It's so fun. It's incredible. All right, identity and mission. We have a big passion that if you're going to step into the call to lead, which, again, we, we said this, leadership with John Maxwell's version is influence, nothing more, nothing less. I, I don't want to add to John Maxwell's version, but I'm going to, I would say it's ownership of that influence. I think that everybody has that yeah. influence. Everybody has influence in some capacity. I think that leadership is about saying, I'm going to take ownership for that influence. And uh, so that's our passion for everybody. Um, but you really can't fully step into that until you understand your identity and ultimately then are walking and understand your mission. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about identity. Is this something, as you're walking with people, 
is, is it something that it feels like, well, everybody understands their identity and they're walking in it? Or is it just, why is it so important to understand our identity? And do you find that most people even know their identity? Yeah, I'm going to make a pretty definitive statement here, but I, I think every single one of us has identity work to do. Yeah, that there yeah, are yeah, gaps, yeah, yeah. that there are things to figure out and work through. There's some healing that needs to happen. So I would say that everybody that we walk with, I think there's there's a journey, right? And so some people are have a little bit more understanding and connection into that sense of identity. Um, but at some level, there's just always more to go too. There's always more freedom. There's always more depth. There's always more health. There's always more sense of connection into that rooted identity. And you're talking about that when it comes to knowing who we are, you'll yeah. have to describe what you mean by identity, but maybe maybe unpack what you mean by identity and then talk about we are called to live from someplace. Right. Yeah. And so the reason why we have so, the reason why we would go after who are you in Christ? Right. And then living from there. So maybe unpack a little bit what is identity and then how do we recognize whether or not we're actually living from that identity or not? Yeah. I think that simple phrase of okay, who who are you? What are what are some of the core qualities about who you are? But as far as identity in Christ, that place of where where is my value and worth anchored? That is very much what we're talking about when we're when we're saying identity. And I think indicators of when that's not in place is consistent insecurity. And I mean, what we're not talking about here is all of us have moments, right? Like there is leadership is you are in over your head and you're uncomfortable and it, you know, that pushes on that thing. But we're talking about, oh, there's continual comparison, competition, criticism of other people. And, and you're in that spot where you're not even feeling comfortable. You're feeling threatened by other people's success. You're not willing to empower people. That is an issue. And that will dismantle not only your own progress in your own life, but that's going to dismantle anybody that's following you. So that's something that needs to be addressed. And, 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 I, and I think identity is such a big issue because identity is completely connected to insecurity. Totally. It's connected to security. Am I secure in my identity in Christ? And if I am not secure in my identity in Christ, then I am insecure. Exactly. And, and we would say this, some of the most dangerous, toxic individuals are those that are just insecure. Yep. Insecure parents, insecure spouses, insecure bosses, insecure individuals um, are living from a place of unhealth. Is that a right? Is that a word? Yeah, it is that, today. That, that eventually creates bad fruit. And so, so how would you say this? If people say like, so I think one of the, like, do you know who you are? I think mm-hmm. that the test is, are you dealing with insecurity? Yeah. Are you dealing with insecurity? If you're dealing with insecurity, then you are not securely rooted in your identity in Christ. Right. So what's the work that needs to go on? If somebody looks, and, and, and I would agree with you, we all have, it's the sanctification process. There's work to be done around areas of insecurity. There's work to be done when I'm like, I don't fully know if I know who I am in Christ, and I'm not rooted in that, and I'm not secure in that. What's the work that people need to put in when it yeah. comes to making sure that they're not living from a place of security, they're living from a place of, in, they're not living from a place of insecurity, they're living pla- from a place of security, which is rooted in identity. What's the work they got to yeah, put in? Absolutely. I mean, we're only really insecure and looking at other people if we don't fully know and aren't connected to who we are and who he's made us to be and what he's made us for. Like, 
we actually wouldn't want to be somebody else because his design is that it's really fulfilling to live out of who we are and what we're made to do. And, and so some of that work is, it's, it's kind of internal reflective work, which is not something that's typically taught or yeah. modeled a no, ton of in this yeah. culture in our, in our day. So asking yourself questions, paying attention to those areas and actually being willing to look at, oh, I'm having a spot, like a reaction right here. I'm getting thrown by this thing. What is that about? Why am I getting thrown? What is it that I'm believing? What is it that I'm feeling? And, and so much of this internal work is, is the work of, okay, are there some wounds and lies in my life that I need to sort through, that I need to connect to truth, that I need to hear his voice, that I need to experience healthy community and relationship to help me rewrite some of those narratives that have felt really familiar and that have set me on this path of, of kind of that reactionary insecure space. Um, we talk a lot about leadership is you got, you have to be aware. So much of leadership is I'm just aware. Yeah. I'm aware. I'm aware of what's going on inside of me. I'm aware of what's happening around me. I'm aware of you. It's just awareness. But one of the things that I've realized is so obviously, I mean, and biblically we, we can unpack this, but so much of our dysfunction unhealthiness <laughs> is, is all, it's rooted in a lie. Yep. It's lies that we're believing. Am I aware of the lies that I'm believing and have I replaced that with truth? And it feels so simple, but I have, there's a ministry called Restoring the Foundations, which is an incredible ministry. And um, I, I have many, many friends that have gone through this. It's like a, I, a week-long intensive kind of counseling scenario. Inner healing. Yeah, inner healing and just you know, just going, it's a, it's a deep dive in, mm -hmm. in these areas. But I was just talking to somebody who just went through it and they're like, dude, my life's been changed. And I said, well, tell me the, the difference coming out of this thing. And it was pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was, they, they said, he goes, well, they've helped me recognize the ungodly beliefs I was believing and have replaced them with godly beliefs. Yep. Like that was the simplicity of it. It's complex. It, it's 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 not easy. That's not easy to do. Totally. But it was very much so much of this. If I'm insecure, if I don't know who I am, well, I'm believing a lie. Right. So what's the lie? <laughs> what's the ungodly belief? Mm -hmm. And what's the truth? Yep. And am I? And and I think when we talk about living from identity, you're just living from truth. I'm yeah. going to choose to live from truth rather than a lie. And if I'm insecure, if I don't know who I am, if I'm thrown all the time, I'm just living from a lie. Well, what is that lie? How do I expose that lie? And then how do I put truth in that place? Right. Which is a journey and which takes tools and which takes awareness and which takes community and which takes the Holy Spirit, of course, and all totally. that stuff. But And I would say that there are two classic areas I know in my own life that I, and as I've been walking with at this stage, like thousands of people, two classic areas that we tend to look for validation externally. We look for, we look for that sense of value and worth in what we do. And there's lies around that, and there's reason. You know, there's reasons for all this stuff, like sure. you're talking about. Um, but we we look for validation in what we do. What you know, the job that we have, the money that we have, what we can buy, how many people show up at the yeah. at the event, the at church service, whatever. All those things, um, the externals, and then in relationships in uh, who is giving me their attention and time, yeah. who is kind of showing signs of affirming me and approving what I'm doing. So those are two classic areas where 
where those cracks in our foundation will usually show up and where all of us have some work to do. But I will, I do want to give this encouragement, even though we're, you know, we're saying like, there's a journey, there's kind of always more, like here's some, here's some you encouragement. You will never <laughs> arrive. It is hopeless. Give up now. <laughs> yeah. It's no. a really encouraging school you're leading there. There is, I think there is. Um, a foundation that we can lay as we, as you do this work, you can do some foundational work that, that gets you to a place of, okay, you are, you are secure, you're settled, you're comfortable in your own skin, you're confident, you know what you carry, you're connected to humility. Um, So it's, you know, you're, you're carrying yourself with confidence, but also humility. But but then the house that's on top of the foundation needs some maintenance. Yeah, yeah. You know, you clean the windows every now and yeah. again. You work on the plumbing here and there. You need to fix a couple of things. So you pay attention to your beliefs, what you're internalizing. Like, and, and, a, and some good practical ways to do that. What do you hear coming out of your mouth? What are some of the things you find yourself saying? What are the reactions that you're having? Just start paying attention. Become aware of those things. And and do some maintenance. Go, yeah. oh, what was that about? Yeah, totally. Okay, what do I need to tend to? Kind of yeah, like gardening. There's foundational work and there's maintenance work. I love that. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, um, uh, so, so, you know, really a passion to get people to be living from their identity, mm-hmm. living from who God says they are, who God has called them to be, living in that place of security, living from truth and not lies. Um, and so on that journey, but connected to identity would then be mission. And, and the three-mile walk that I wrote, this was really based around that thing that God has a call in your life, but it's a twofold call. Mm-hmm. He's called you to be someone. Right. Have you embraced the call to be who God's called you to be? But from that comes the call to do, that you do have a call to do something. You have a call to partner with God and his plans in the earth. So your first, your first and foremost call is to be. Yeah. You're called to be a son. You're called to be a daughter. You're called to be. But God also invites you in and says, I have a mandate for you, and I've called you to actually put your hands to something and it's around partnering with me in the earth to see my plans and purposes established. So that kind of twofold call, a call to be and a call to do. And the call to do comes from the call to be. Mission comes from identity. Yeah. A lot of people would say, I don't know what I'm called to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, so I, I don't know who I am. Let's get that solved. Yeah. I don't know what I'm called to. What's the advice if you're sitting down with a group of five people in a room, they're sitting with you and they're saying, Kate, we don't, we don't actually know what we're called to. When you say mission, I don't know what my mission is. I don't know what I'm called to put my hands to. I don't know what part of God's plans and purposes in the earth I'm supposed to be involved in. What's your advice you give them? Come to the school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Come, come to the school and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll teach you all that yeah. stuff. No, uh, besides the come to the school answer, what's the advice you're giving those five people sitting in a room? Yeah, again, the, the aspect of mission and purpose flows so much from who you are. So I'll, honestly, I'll give them questions to think about. Like, okay, he's actually designed your purpose to flow out of how you're wired he has that in mind and you're actually going to feel fulfilled and energized and passionate about what he has you doing. So, okay, what, what gets you excited and passionate? What makes you come alive? What moves you? What, what do you find that you have an emotional response to? What, what do you find yourself getting a a heartbreak experience over? What do you find yourself getting so excited over? What do you find beautiful? What makes you angry? Like what, what makes you angry? You actually may be part of your purpose might be finding a solution to that thing. Um, what, you know, what are you good at? What do people come to you for? 
Um, so just, I, I give them a whole ton of questions to kind of do this self-reflective process of what's in there? How are you wired? What's your design? And then what is it that you actually feel like you would want to see impacted? Where, where do you feel like you're meant to aim the strength of your life? So figure out what that strength is. And then what's the target that you want to aim it at? And I think so much of this too is <laughs> there's, it, it happens through relationship with him. Like it's the metaphor that I use is it's kind of like putting a puzzle together, like a piece at a time over years and time and experience, you get these different puzzle pieces like, oh, a prophetic word here that gives me some insight. This experience that lit me up and I was so alive from that. Oh, okay. What is it about that? Uh, this, this relationship connection, like that person I am so inspired by them. I'm so impacted by what they're doing. Okay, there might be something about what they're doing that I connect to that I'm also made for. So you just pay attention to all these different avenues of, okay, what, what's my wiring? What's my design? And, and he's, he's giving me kind of a picture. He's painting that, that he's putting those puzzle pieces together to show me what that picture is. As you're talking and I'm even thinking that it's amazing how many people don't realize there's work involved yeah. in discovery. Yes. So I was teaching recently on community, and I was saying, you don't find community, you create community. And there's a difference because mm-hmm. we, we think, well, I'm just going to, I'm walking along, and oh, there's some community on the ground. I found community, <laughs> and I'm going to pick up that community right. that I just found randomly. And, and I said, nah, like community doesn't work like that. Community, you don't just find community. You are actively creating community. Right. You are actively contributing to the creation of community, not just I found it. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the same thing around identity and mission. Absolutely. It's not necessarily that you're creating identity or you're creating mission, but you're discovering yes. identity and you're discovering mission, and both of those things require work. Whether it's creating community and not just finding it, or whether it's discovering identity or discovering mission, these things take time, and it takes work, and it takes sitting down and going, what am I passionate about? What has the Lord shown me? What is it that draws me to that person? Why does that movie move me? What lies might I be believing? What is truth in Scripture? Like that discovery discovery process, I think people somehow think that they're just going to fall into it. Right. If God really wants it to happen, it's just going to happen. Classic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, totally. That's exactly right. And so it's like, well, I just fell into my identity and I fell into my mission. And Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I just don't, it doesn't really happen like that. There is a real, I'm leaning in, Mm -hmm. I'm putting work in, there's a discovery process involved in this thing. And then I'm creating. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm helping, I'm contributing to the creation of this thing as well in the right. process. And so I love that because just even as you're talking, you're like, oh, this actually takes, takes work. It does. It and takes I, work. I think some of that is if we look at God's priorities, he's actually just as much interested in building us yeah. as he is in accomplishing what he yeah. wants to through yeah. us. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost like part of that discovery process is, is growing us and building us and it's, it's developing something in us through the discovery that's required. Yeah, I think I think what it is is that everything we're mentioning is relationship driven. Yes. So what's my identity? Well, you're gonna find that by walking with God. What's yes. my mission? Well, you're gonna find that by walking with God. And I think that God loves that, come walk with me. Totally. Come be in relationship with me 
as you discover your identity. Come be in relationship with me as you discover your mission. And I think that the Lord loves that. Absolutely. It's that relational side of let's go on a walk together. Mm -hmm. Let's go discover this together. Let me speak to you about things together. That type of concept I love. That's why intimacy is at the core of all of it. At the core of all of it. You'll never know your identity. You'll never know your mission truly apart from intimacy. Yeah. Reminds me of a story. There was a student that I was walking with several years ago now, but you could tell that she, she beautiful heart. She really wanted to be, she kept using the first, I just want to be doing his will. I want to be in the will of God. She was really concerned. Like, I just want to know what to do, where to go. I want to do what he wants me to do. And you could tell that there was some anxiety around it for her. So I'm like, hey, can we just pray? Can we just take a minute and ask Papa some questions about your life, about what he has for you? And so it was so perfect. Close her eyes. I just asked, Papa, what do you want to show her about her destiny, about her purpose? And the, the thing that he tells her is just this one simple phrase. And you could like see the smile on his face. He's like, you're really going to like it. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, she's like, she's looking for steps. She's looking for specifics. You know, all this is unspoken, but like she's wanting, do I go right or left? You know, and he's like, she saw his face, you know, and in that moment, her, she settled, her countenance shifted, she got what she needed because he's like, it's actually way more yeah. about a connection with me yeah. than about the thing that I want you to do. I remember the Lord, um, he told me we were, were needing some money for a building and um, I saw him give me a present and um, I was in a plane flying, and I was just praying into it, and I just saw him give me this present. And he goes, I'm going to provide for the building. And I said, I wanted to know how he was going to provide for uh-huh. the building. I wanted him to show me this, how he was going to do it. And, uh, and I said, well, how are you going to do that? And it was the present. He goes, because I don't want to tell you because, again, this is, this is all happening kind of in prayer, interaction with sure. the Lord. But he, I, he, it was around the sense that, he loves seeing me unwrap things. Mm, it's beautiful. He said, I don't want to tell you that. I want you to unwrap that. Yeah. Like I love, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to do it. <laughs> like I'm going to provide. Yeah. But how I'm going to give I prov- you assurance. Yeah. How I provide, I love you. Un- uh-huh. I love you discovering that and unpacking that. So good. Hey, before we go, I want to ask something about, because uh, people are, I have you on here. Uh, you engage God uh, with the phrase Papa. Unpack that for me a little bit yeah. as far as like, um, so people listening right now, uh, like, what's that journey for you? Where'd you land on that thing? Why is that important to you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, uh, this is part of my identity journey. So growing up in my family, grew up with a dad that was not emotionally connected, still doesn't really know how to relate, communicate, uh, connect in an emotional way. Um, so there was a gap for Especially me. Especially in the things that you're passionate about and going after and yeah, yeah keep going. And he still doesn't know the Lord, so that's sure. a, you know that's a yeah. big part of it. But uh, so I got to know the Lord personally in college, and then you know about a year into my journey, I still I could call God and, and feel comfortable saying Father, like that I could relate that way. That was sort of connected, but any language that was like Papa, Dad, Daddy, like he's you know Abba. That's the that is the which was more which for you 
stepped into that kind of more intimate, yes. more affectionate, uh-huh. more I'm sitting on his lap as a little exactly. girl kind of moment, which is not what you had. Right. So or I'm, what you didn't know or understand. So keep right. going. That's interesting. Keep going. Yeah. So my paradigm, my experience from my earthly family, from my earthly dad, it just didn't connect for me. I, I didn't, I, you know, it's important to feel like. Gave God a fist bump on the way by. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I, and then I, I, one day I literally, I had what, what we kind of refer to as I had an encounter. I was in prayer and I had an encounter and I just, I began to see him and I, all of a sudden I was a little girl and I, I was in the throne room with him and I was dancing on his feet, kind of the classic father daughter yeah. thing. And he just began to deposit something in my heart in the father's love that, connected me and I, I would like, I'm crying and seeing all this and experiencing this. And, and all of a sudden I, my heart could connect to Papa. And that was this, you know, connected, cuddly, yeah, I'm, totally. I'm your delight. Totally. Yeah. I, I have this, you know, sense of expression that flows freely from you about who I, this warmth, like all of this that now, now is my sweet spot. That's, yeah. that's where I live from. And how you engage him now. That's how I engage him yeah, now. That's powerful. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, um, if you're interested, thank you, first of all, for jumping on the podcast you with bet. us. I know we're just touching on some things yeah. around identity. Can't fully answer all of it in, in just a podcast. But if you are interested in the school, you can check it out, jesusculturalschool.com, as well as May 16th. There'll be kind of a little bit yep. of a, a launch of applications for this upcoming school year. Um, And you can join in person here in Sacramento. You can join in a cohort campus, satellite campus down there in San Diego. Or if you're unable to do those things, you can also join online. We're making it available and accessible to as many as we can, as well as there's going to be a whole fresh new focus, even for some young adults within the context of the school. We're excited about that. So thank you for joining us. Make sure as well, if you're interested in Chosen and World Vision, jump on, be a part of that. I know that myself, my wife, our team, we're pretty excited about what they're doing. are going to be partnering with them as well. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Good to be here.